You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. I don't know if you know or not, but I've been looking forward to this sermon. So let's talk about the double portion. I want to take you, if time permits, um, what that really means is if I don't get long-winded in one little place, I want to take you to five places in Scripture, okay, that talk about double portions. All right, because, and, and here's the first one, that the double portion, we'll show you five things real quick. The double portion is a reward for faithfulness. All right, let's read some Scripture together. Job, y'all heard of Job? Okay, Job chapter 42, verse 10. When Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. Okay, so Job is a, is a study in faithfulness. We get to the end of the book, and we find out because of his faithfulness, because he didn't give up. I mean, if you don't know the story of Job, Job loses pretty much everything except for his wife and three friends. And when we say friends, that should always have parentheses around it. I'm not parentheses. I'm sorry. Quotation marks around it. Because these friends, I mean, they were, they kept, they, God actually, right, right before this, this verse right here, God actually gets on to them for the attitude they had. And God praises Job because of his faithfulness. His wife even tells him, you know, you're going through so much trouble. Why don't you just curse God and just make God angry enough at you that you just zaps you and kills you. And in, in, in kind of today's language, I would say this, this is how I would paraphrase Job's response. You talk like a crazy woman. You know, it's a, God's the only thing I've got left. And he held on to this. And because he held on to this, because of his faithfulness to God, God was faithful to him. And he received twice as much as he had before. Okay, so, 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 so let us get this and let us understand this is we want God to be faithful to us, right? We want God, go ahead, the next slide. We want God to always show up. We want God to all, come on, amen? We want God to always show up. We want God to always help us in trouble. We want God to always hear and to answer us. And if sowing and reaping is true, as as God says it is, then if I want to reap or if I want to receive faithfulness from God for him to always, if I want to receive faithfulness from God, then what do I need to be sowing and giving to God? Faithfulness. And it's because of Job's faithfulness that then he was rewarded with, for, through the faithfulness of God with a double portion of that. It's the faithfulness. Okay. So let me show you, let me show you one last little thing here about Job before we move on is notice at the very first of that verse right there. It said, when Job had prayed for his friends. When he prayed for his friends. When he got his mind, finally got his mind off of all he was going through, and he prayed for his friends. Now, that's tough to do sometimes. We go through tough times, and all we can think of is what I'm dealing with, the pain I have, the struggle I'm going through, all the, all the issues and the neg- you know, and, and uh, you know, sometimes I, I've been kind of standing on the outside of conversations, even in church, right before church services and after church services. Don't know that I've seen that 2911, thank God. But 
And I've been, I've been on the fringe of conversations where I felt like two Christians were kind of competing against one another over who had the worst week. <laughs> you know? And as long as we've got our mind on our stuff, you, you remember, we can never get to Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, that says when we focus everything we've got on him and his kingdom, then he focuses everything he's got on us and what we're struggling with. And so when we start focusing on what he wants, then he takes care of what we, when we are faithful, then he is faithful. And, and Charles Ellicott said it this way. Read this with me right here. And he's talking about Job specifically right here in this part. Job passed from the sphere of his own sorrows to the work of intercession for his friends. And it was through the very act of this self-oblivion and self-sacrifice that Job's own deliverance was brought about. And when Job prayed for his friends, we are told, the Lord turned his own captivity. That is, he restored and reinstated him in prosperity even greater than before. When, when he went from this place of my life is a mess, of what can I do for someone else? Then when, when he went from this place of, of being focused on his own to being faithful, not just to God, but to what God wanted him to do, and prayed for the friends, the friends that had, had battled him back and forth and back and forth for all these days, that then he turned and he prayed for them. That's when everything turned around for him. So what is this again? One, one, last, one last little time before we go on. For you to hear this, responsibility. <laughs> okay, but, but because as, as, as we've said in these three first sermons, before we get to the place of the double port, before we get to the promise, before we get to the, to the receiving of the double portion blessings, we have to understand it's because of responsibility. That's where this sermon begins and transitions now into this double portion blessing. And Job got it. You see it right there. As soon as he took the response, as soon as he stepped into the responsibility, as soon as he was faithful in the responsibility, it all turned around for him. Okay, so sometimes the double portion is about reward for faithfulness. And sometimes the double portion is a gift. Okay, let's go to second, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 2. In verse, uh, chapter, I'm sorry, 1 Samuel chapter 1 verse 5. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord closed her womb. Okay, so let me, let me tell you the story here. And there's a lot of scripture and a lot of stuff that I had to cut out because I didn't have time to preach it this morning. That's on the, uh, in, in the sermon notes on the connect page, church2911.com slash connect. Go there, Okay. And I hope you do, and I'm probably going to mention that a little later also because there's so many things here that you need to get. Here's the story. Now, this is not a, this is not like a firstborn double portion because Hannah's husband has not died. They've gone to the temple to feast for, the, for, the, for one of the feasts, for one of the sacrificial times that they're supposed to go and take a sacrifice. He has not died, and he's not giving her a double portion of his inheritance They've gone for this feast, and they've taken a sacrifice, and the way this sacrifice works is when the sacrifice has been presented, then part of it is given back to the family and her husband, specifically the head of the family, for him to then share in a meal with the rest of the family. And then he would give a portion to all the family members. And so he gives a portion. Now, now Hannah's husband has another wife. He's married to two. They had a lot, had a lot of that going on in the Old Testament, Okay. And Hannah's husband, he had two wives, and he gave, he gave the portion that belonged to this other wife 
And because she had many kids, he gave them each a portion also. So her side of the family got a lot of food. But now Hannah, she had nobody else but her. So she should have gotten one portion. But when he got to her, he gave her even more. He gave her a double portion. And so the difference here is not about what she deserves. And some of you need to get this. And some of you need to say, thank God, it's not about what I deserve. Thank God it's not about what I have earned, but it's because he loved her. And, you know, she didn't have any other kids. If she had had five kids, she would have gotten six portions, hers and her five kids, but she didn't have any kids. But he gave her a double portion anyway because he loved her. And then it goes on to say, and we, and we really, really don't understand, does this mean that, okay, this is just a parenthetical that, oh, by the way, God had closed up her womb. She didn't have any kids. Or if he was saying that, that he loved her and because God had closed up her womb, that's why he gave a double portion. I don't know that exactly, but that's thrown in there for us to understand and for us to understand the only reason she got a double portion was just because her husband loved her. And sometimes I don't deserve it. Most of the time I don't deserve it. And, and, and sometimes I didn't earn it. Sometimes I wasn't as faithful as I was supposed to be. But sometimes, yes, sometimes there is a reward for my faithfulness in a double portion way. And sometimes it is just a spiritual gift of God because he loves me that he gives me a double portion also. And one of the other things I had to cut out here was the kind of people God loves. And if you go to that connect page of the sermon notes, you will see, I think, about, I think I got a half dozen scriptures there that show the people that God loves. And if you want to get into this kind of place where, where God just gifts it, it's called sometimes, sometimes the, 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 uh, the double portion blessing, sometimes it's a reward, and sometimes it's just a free gift. And now thirdly, this double portion, it's a bestowal or an endowment, something, something given by someone, you know, I, I, I really hate to use these kinds of words, but someone greater in some way than yourself, okay? And uh, this is in Second Kings. This is toward the end of the life of Elijah, chapter 2, verse 9. When Elijah and Elisha, that's who the they is there, when they came to the other side of the Jordan River, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. Elijah's about to leave, and he says to Elisha, his protege, the guy who's been following him around said, tell me what you want me to do before I leave. And Elisha said, please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Please let me have a double, as we, and, and some other uh, translations say portion actually, but please let me have a double share or a double portion of your spirit. Okay, now listen. If you've been in church most of your life, like me, and I've preached on this a lot of times, You've heard it said, and I, I've even said it this way also, that what he was asking for was, Elijah, you're great. I want to be twice as good as you. That that's basically what he's asking for. But now that we're looking at this firstborn thing, and we see right here, he's using some of the same language. A double share or double portion and become your successor. And we're at a time where Elijah's about to leave here. And so we're not just talking about, we're not just talking about physical, you know, Dad's passing away and leaving an inheritance behind money, land, possessions. He's talking about spiritual stuff right here. This is going somewhere else. 
But we're still talking about succession when he passed away. Now, now, something I think maybe we can also forget. A lot of times we'll go into scriptures and we'll, we'll read them and we forget that there's all this other stuff going on around. There was a, what they called, the King James I think also uses this word also, is the school of prophets. Now, the only, the only way I know to explain that to you is something like a seminary back in those days. A, sem, a seminary of, of prophecies. That teaching these these men who felt and listen these these weren't guys who who just wanted to be in school the rest of their life didn't want to have to get a job because we find some of them had wives and kids and jobs okay they, but these were guys that in addition to raising their families they also wanted to be used of God in such a way that they went and they hung out they were part of the school of the prophets they wanted God to use them and Elisha was part of this. And so Elijah comes to Elijah. Now that Elijah's about to die, and they're all kind of sensing it, Elijah's time on the earth is about up. It's not because he's sick, because that's not how he dies. God's about to take him. Even, even though nothing's wrong with him, his time is just about up. And Elijah says, what do you want me to have? And so it's in this. So let's put it in this context now and understand, what, here's what Elisha is saying. And I, I believe this. I, I think maybe I've said it wrong in sermons in the past. I think we've believed it wrong in this way. Here's what I think Elisha's saying. Elisha's saying, Elijah, you're about to go from here. And when you leave and your spirit now falls, the, the anointing that you have now falls on the rest of these prophets that you've been pouring into. And as, as they each get a portion, I want a double portion of it. Okay, now that, now, that may be something that you've never heard before. And you may say, well, I, I don't want to believe it that way. Would you follow me just a minute, okay? Because I think, there's, I think there's a truth here that we, we all need to get. Because it would be impossible for Elisha to say, Elijah, give me twice what you've got. How can Elijah give him something he don't have? You know, Tommy, I don't know how, how much money you've got in your pocket right now, but give me, give me twice that right now. You know, it doesn't matter how much he's got in his pocket. He can't give me twice. He can't give me more than he has. So for Elisha to say, Elijah... I want you to give me twice what you got. He can't do it. But who can? <laughs> he, can't, he can't do that. All, so he's not asking Elijah, Elijah, you make me twice as good as you. All, he, all he's doing is all he can do and saying, whatever there is out there, I want twice. I want double. I want more. Whatever there is that is available to me, I want more than that. And, and it would be easy for, uh, easy for us to... to, to to discount that, but I think there's a big truth that's right here because what we really look at now is if you, if, you, if you study the stories of Elijah and Elisha, most people, most preachers, most commentators, most, most people who have studied the Word of God, most theologians would say Elisha ended up with a greater anointing than Elijah had. The number of miracles that Elisha did compared to the ones that Elijah did the magnitude of the miracles that Elisha did compared to the ones Elijah performed, all of that points to us saying that, wait a minute, Elisha did end up being maybe twice as, as, as powerful and impactful as Elijah. How did this happen? Because Elijah cannot give more than he has. Okay? Go ahead to that next, slide, that next screen right there. The bestowal of gifts, here's how it happened. Is because the bestowal of gifts is not in the power of man, but it is in God. It, it, it would be ridiculous for you to ask me to give you something I don't have. But if I have some anointing, I've had people ask me this before, Pastor, when you leave this earth, I want some of your anointing. 
I've had people ask me, but, but I can't give you what I don't have. You know, don't ask me for a Billy Graham anointing. I ain't got it. You know, don't ask me for an Apostle Paul anointing. I don't have it. The bestowal of gifts is not in the power of man, but of God. But, number two, the next thing about this is God uses men and women as these spiritual mentors to speak these things and to proclaim these things and to give these things. There is the connection. So even though God is the one who gives it, here's how God chooses to do it, through men. That when Elisha asked Elijah, he was asking the right guy. Because God had put Elijah in Elisha's life, and Elisha says, I want to have twice whatever, I want to be your successor from the school of the prophets. Whatever you've got, I want tw- whatever everybody else gets, I want twice that because I want, I want to be your successor. And Elijah, he makes him a promise. Now the promise isn't, okay, you're going to have it. But the promise is, okay, if God, it's basically if God chooses to do it this way, it's going to happen. And so it happened. So even though God is, let me take this third one so I can wrap this up right here, this third segment. But God is the one who bestows, and his abilities are unlimited. Elijah could only give what Elijah had. But God could give Elisha what Elijah had and everything God has because God has unlimited resources. But understand, you've got to get that middle part right there that God uses men and women. I can't give you more than I have, but if you, if, you, if you understand the connection and how God wants to do this through mentors and those who, who God has put in a place in your life to speak things into your life, then God will and can and will and can and will br- bring to you the double portion like this. There are some of you who really got it. Back in November, you remember the sermon series? Those of you, this is home for you. The sermon series, and, and where then I also gave a testimony. One of the sermons was basically my testimony of something God had done for, for us. And I reached out to three of my friends. And uh, this wasn't a chronological thing. One of them was my age. The other two were younger than me. And I, I reached out to them because they had received blessings of land and houses and so I was reaching out to them and said, I want you to pray over me. I was doing a Elisha thing. I wasn't asking for you know, twice as much land or twice as nice a house or anything like that. But we were looking for land. I said, I want you to pray over me because I, what God did for you, I want you to pray that over me. They weren't older than me. Only one was my age. The other two were younger than me. But it was because they had been in a place of blessing. So like Elisha, I'm saying, I want what you got. I want you to pray that over me. I want, I want to receive that. And, and, you know, and a lot of you got that. You, you got the part of, of, the, of the tithing and that's it. But you need to get the other part also. Is that God put those people in my life, those connections in my life. And, and again, not that, not that they were even older men necessarily or, or even preachers. They, they, they weren't. You know, it's not even, not even in that, that arena either. But some, something about blessing and connecting with them. And, man, I, and I still... I still ask them for things. And still today, I've got a prayer going to them today because of something I want them to pray with because my, my battle's not over with all the stuff that we're trying to see God do in our life. You know, you need, some of you, you got that part about the tithing, the sowing, and the reaping, but you need to get this also. God has put those kinds of people in your life. Like at the end of this service, at the end of every service, 2911, the prayer team is standing here waiting. You, you need to understand this. That when you've got a need, 
the prayer team members, they're standing right here. And, and, and they not, may not be older than you. They may not have even been in church longer than you. But perhaps they've been in a place with God this week that you need to be in. Perhaps they've heard something from God this week in their prayer and preparation time for this service that you need to hear. Perhaps they've got a prayer that they've been praying all week and they don't know why they've been praying it. And then one of you is going to step up and say, hey, I've got this need. And they're going to say, let me tell you what I've been praying all week. Because you know what, I can tell you something. It's already happened to me this morning. Somebody told me, Pastor, I was praying for you yesterday, and they said, you know, I just felt like something, this and this and this and this. I couldn't wait for them to shut up so that I could tell them, you're right on target because that is exactly what God has been telling me this week too. And, you know, these prayer team members, and even I say even more so today, let me tell you why. Because on Monday of this week, I challenged our prayer team to each do some fasting for this service today and be praying because some of you today need something from God and you don't need to hear from God next week. You need to hear from God today. And if that's you, then you need to understand that right that thing right there in the middle. God uses men and women as spiritual mentors. It doesn't mean they know more than you, but maybe one little part of their life, they've been to something or they've heard something or they've been in some place with God recently that you need to go or you need to hear from. And you need to embrace that. And so this morning, if you've got a need, don't, don't hesitate. I, I'd, lo- I'd love to see five or six lines of people just waiting for a prayer team member that's been praying and fasting all week for you, just lined up and ready and waiting for the next one for it to happen. You need to understand, this is how, this is how God chooses to do it because the power is not going to be in the prayer team member. The power is going to be in God. When, when, when you do it the way God sets it up, and I don't, I don't have time to give you all the scriptures. Let me give you one real quick. Anyone sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over them, anointing them all. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, will raise them up. And if, and if they've committed any sins, their sins will also be forgiven. That's what the Word of God says. So if you want to get to that place where he's doing that, understand his way. He uses men and women. Okay. So now here's the good one. Number four is really the good one, okay? This is a really good one. The double portion is honor. Okay, it is honor. Going, I'm, I'm sorry, go on to the next one. It is honor for suffering for damage as a return or reinstatement of loss. Okay, now that may not mean something to you, but hang on with me here, okay? Isaiah 61, verse 7. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. Okay, so he's talking to people that had shame in their life. He said, I'm taking away the shame and I'm going to give you double honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. People that have lost things. He says, I'm going to give you double back. He's talking about a double return here. In an honor, think about that, is that God is going to give a double portion in an honor of the struggles that you've had. You know, and, I, and I'm not saying, don't, don't, don't turn into these people that, that you know, fight and argue over who's had the worst week. That's not what I'm talking about, okay? Don't turn into one of those. But when you suffer for the cause of Christ, don't, don't tell everybody else, but inside your heart, you wear it like a badge of honor. I'm, you know, I, I'm not thankful. There, there's some things I've gone through this week that I definitely believe is some suffering for this sermon right here today. And I told God yesterday, I, I said, God, I, I'm, I'm, I, 
if this doesn't ease off some, God, I just don't know. I said, but I'm going to do my very best to. And, and, and God, I'm not, really, I'm not really happy about everything I've had to go through this week, and, and which I believe is some spiritual attack because of this message that's coming up this Sunday because our enemy, he can read my notes too, okay? He can look over my shoulder. He knows what I was going to preach today. But God... If, I, if I'm going through this because of this, then, I, God, I take it as an honor. I'm not, I'm not saying thank God for the suffering, but I take it as a badge of honor. And that's, that's what he's talking about right here. But let's, okay, now there's the scripture about the double, okay, two places. Let's back up and roll into this. Let's see the context, okay? All right, let's see the context. Let's back up at the beginning of Isaiah chapter 61, and you may have heard this one before. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. For the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Can I tell you what's about to happen? We are about to hear a prophecy of a double portion blessing. That's what he's, he's letting us know. Hey, listen, the spirit of the Lord's on me. I got something for you. Listen, I got something for those of you who are struggling. I got something for those of you who are dealing with issues. He has sent me to be comfort to the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them, though they have been deserted for many generations. Instead of shame and dishonor, you will enjoy a double share of honor. You will possess a double portion of prosperity in your land, and everlasting joy will be yours. That's the verse we read just a few moments ago. For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery and wrongdoing. I will faithfully reward my people for their suffering and make an everlasting covenant with them. All right. Now, you're not Israelite. You're not Jews. So some of you are sitting here saying, well, great for them. What does that have to do with me, right? And and there are a lot of people that that's the way they look at the Old Testament. They look at the Old Testament like, okay, that was the Old Testament. That was for that day. That was for those people. That was for this specific situation. Not me. That's not the way I look at it. Let me give you my first little clue for you this morning. It's how Elisha changed things. Everything else about firstborn before Elisha asked Elijah, I want a firstborn portion double of your anointing, of your spirit. Elisha changed it from just stuff, things, possessions, money. He changed it from that to spiritual. And the way I understand the Bible, and I've, I've only been in ministry, I've only been in ministry 35 years, okay? But I studied the Bible even before that. I was teaching Sunday school at the age of 15. Okay, so I, I, I'm just telling you, out of, out of, I'm, not, I'm not telling you I'm, I'm the, the expert. I'm just telling you I, I've done a lot of study here. And let me tell you, here's, here's what I see. It's what I see in the Old Testament. I see, these tr- I see these actual physical things happening, like double portions being handed out of money and that kind of stuff. And I see how the, in the New Testament that becomes a spiritual thing. And so what the Old Testament teaches me is it teaches me about the character of God. Even if there is a scripture like this that does not say, hey, Rick, hand. Hey, church, 2911. Hey, American church in the 21st century, even if it doesn't say that, what this right here shows me is it shows me the character of God, the heart of God, the desire of God. And so what what it tells me is this is how God wants to operate. And that little thing there thrown in at the end, verse 8 right there, God says, I hate robbery and wrongdoing. God didn't just hate robbery and wrongdoing 
for these people in this moment, at this time, and what had happened to them. He hates robbery and wrongdoing in our time too. He hates when something has been stolen from you. He hates when you've been done wrong. He hates those things as well. And so now understanding all that, we need to reread these, this scripture right here and read it in a spiritual frame of mind. And not just hear the stuff that he was saying, because when, when God was talking to them, there were some specific things that had happened to them physically, and they were being attacked. And those, those specific things that were, that, you know, they understood this. They got that. They, they, it's like when, when God said it, they said, oh, yeah, he's talking about that. He's talking about that. That's what you've got to do. That's what we've got to do is we've got to say, in my life, what is this saying to me? We've got to look at this spiritually. So I want, I, want to, I want to wrap this up for you a little bit spiritually. Okay, the, the, All these verses right here, and listen, this is uh, verse 1 through 8. And I, I had to just pick some of the things, and not everything's there, okay? You see the dot, dot, dot. That's because I had to cut some stuff out. I want to wrap this up for you. I want to help you start reading some of these promises with a spiritual frame of mind, with an understanding of what God wants to do in your life, not just what he wanted to do for Israel several thousand years of years ago, but what God wants to do in your life. I want to help you read this spiritually and say, wait a minute, that's for me. Anybody want that? I mean, this would be a great place for a cliffhanger, wouldn't it? Come back next week. Y'all want to close service right now or do you want me to go on? Can I go on just just a couple of more minutes? Because this is where we've been going for four weeks. We're here right now. I, I, I want you to see it. I want you to get it. I want you to embrace it. I, I, I don't want you to hear this and you to wonder about it in the next week or two. I want you to get this, and I want you to hold on to it. I want, I, want you to, I want you to drill down in it. I want you to put some foundations down in this stuff. I want you to build out of it. I want you to understand this is where it can all begin. Everything that I, all the, all the, because listen, we all come up from a lost and broken place in our life. And God wants to turn all of that around. He wants to give us all of this, the double portion, all this stuff that we've been talking about. He wants to give all this to us. And here's how it happens. But I just don't know if you're ready for it yet. Are you ready for it? I I know I'm teasing you. But I just want you to understand this is it. We've spent four weeks getting to right here, okay? I want you to get this. I want you to walk away from this service with something that you're going to hang on to for a long time. Let's go to the next slide, please, Sabrina. Whatever has been stolen. This is, this is, this is, I want you to understand this, these scriptures we just read spiritually. Whatever has been stolen from you, taken from you, or has been lost by you. Whatever bad has been done against you. Whatever pain or sorrow is in your heart today. What, wherever you feel defeated or imprisoned and, 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 and captive. Whatever looks impossible. Anybody got anything in your life that looks impossible? Whatever looks dead, finished, ruined, or destroyed beyond hope. That's what those verses of Scripture say to me. They don't talk to me about Israel 3,000 year, 3, years ago. They speak to where I'm at in the middle of my stuff. They speak to me about, about what's been stolen from me, what's been robbed from me. They speak about the, the, the bad that has happened against me that God wants to turn around 
and use it and, and make something good out of it. It speaks against the places where I feel alone, the places where I feel defeated, the places where I know I'm messed up and oh, and everybody else does too and I'm ashamed and I'm embarrassed and, and, and you know, I, I'm not worthy to wear a 2911 shirt and call myself a Christian. I want to hold my head down when a real Christian walks up because of all the stuff I've done. It's, it, this is what God says to me in those verses of Scripture. And, and you know, if, if this speaks to you in any way, Okay, listen. Okay, here's what's happening right here is I'm either speaking to you or I've wasted 30 minutes of your time today. Okay, one or the other. I'm either speaking to you or uh, uh, this last half hour has just been a waste of your time. You should have stayed home and watched Brother Kevin this morning. You know, one or the other. You decide. But if this speaks to you, I dare you. I challenge you. I dare you right now. Every day of this week, you read the entire chapter, Isaiah chapter 61, and it's just a few more verses, not much more than what you had on that previous slide there. You read it, and, and you don't even have to go look it up. You just go to the, the, the Connect page, go to the sermon notes, click on the link. It'll bring the whole thing up, and you can just read it. Leave it open on your browser at work or, or on your phone or whatever, just so and you remember, read it every day this week, and, and, and try, to, try to read it like this and say, what is this speaking to me spiritually? Is this speaking to anyone spiritually? Is this speaking to anyone today? Is it digging into where you are? Is it something that you can build a foundation on? Is it something you can create create a, a positive future on? If it is, then I say, get a hold of it. Get a hold of it because I got one more thing to tell you about this, okay? Get a hold of it because what this is saying is all of that stuff, whatever, 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 wherever, and whatever, and whatever, God's favor is on the way. That's what those verses say. No matter what you've lost, no matter where you feel abandoned or alone or all that stuff, no matter what has been taken from you, God's favor is on the way. And, and, and you, you reject that right now. Some of you in your spirit, you're right now saying, well, that's probably for somebody, but I just don't know about it. No, no, no. Read the rest of that again. Whatever looks impossible, God's spirit, God's favor is on the way for you. Okay, here's, here's really the wrap-up right here, the last thing. I told you there were five things. I want you to see this real quick. This is one I've already brought to you. It's finally the double portion is a right of every firstborn. There's the scripture, Deuteronomy 21, 17. That's where we started this whole thing. The double portion is a right of every firstborn. What does that mean? It means this. It means the double reward. It means the double gift. It means the double spirit. It means, and, and, and it means uh, that double return is your right in Jesus Christ. It's yours. It's yours for you to embrace. It's, for, it's yours for you to have. It doesn't have someone else's name on it. It has your name on it. That double portion is your right to have in God. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.